if I'm being authentically Catholic, I'm not going to participate in anything that is going to lead away from the gospel. Despite what it sounds like, this isn't a recording of some youth group or parish young adult event. And the man speaking, Jonathan Blevins, isn't even a youth minister, at least not anymore. This is a Twitch stream, an interactive live streaming service for content spanning gaming, entertainment, sports, music, and more. And in the niche gaming world, where viewers come to master sniper skills in the arsenal of Fortnite's digital weaponry or uncover new modes of destruction, is where Jonathan Blevins comes to talk about the things he loves most. Family, the Detroit Lions, and most of all, his Catholic faith. I feel like pre-evangelization is the conversation that happens before someone asks you why you have hope. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. I need to tweet that. Every second, hundreds of viewers come to watch Blevins' uncharacteristically swear-free Twitch streams to pry insights into his creative world-building and shooting finesse, but unknowingly, they have stumbled upon Blevins' mission field. And he comes prepared. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. This episode is brought to you by Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services. Pre-planning is a gift of love for your family. To start this important end-of-life conversation, visit cfcsdetroit.org. So I've, the first video game that I remember playing, which is probably not the first game I played, but the first one I remember playing. This is Jonathan Blevins, CEO of Little Flower Media Company. My grandmother, so my grandfather passed away when I was on my dad's side, when I was, I think, five or six. And then my grandma got remarried to this great guy probably when I was like eight or nine. So I, the, I was like nine years old, probably remember playing uh, Super Mario 3 on the day of my grandma's wedding. Like just, just like my parents being like, go play, stay out of the way. Uh, and me just, I just remember like Mario having a little tail and like being able to fly when you got the tail and thinking that it was the coolest thing. Video games were a formative bonding experience for Jonathan and his two younger brothers growing up in Detroit. Yeah, I, we've always been super close, uh, fighting as brothers do for sure growing up. But I think video games was like the unifying Thing. Outside of our our mom and dad, you know, having we always had dinner together every night, and that was always great. Um, but we spent a ton of time not fighting while playing Pokemon, uh, while playing Halo, maybe a little bit of Call of Duty uh, when that came out. Like some of the best memories we have are like having sleepovers in each other's room, right, with our little Game Boy lights, and we we made a little fort with like blankets and like just playing Pokemon and and who can beat the elite the elite for the fastest and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was a ton of fun and taught us a lot about sharing and patience and teamwork and all kinds of things. We talked, we just never to this day, we don't stop talking uh, all three of us. So like we would, yeah, we would be sharing every cool thing and then celebrating it. So like someone would catch a shiny Pokemon and we'd be like, Oh, great job. Jonathan's parents were strict about video games. Playing them wasn't the norm. It was a reward reserved for exceptional moments and good behavior. Like most parents in the late 90s, they were wary about video games. After all, it's not like they were something you could make a career out of. Part of the reason it became that was because my parents were so strict about not letting us play all the time. When we got to play, it was such a treat that it was a huge bonding experience because you could play on the weekends, um, almost never during the week, especially when we were younger, so Pokemon days. It was like weekends at night, uh, maybe after church on Sunday, and then, uh, 
in the car on trips. But as Jonathan got older, video games took a back seat to the rest of his life. He went to Silver Lake College and studied theology, got his master's in religious education with an emphasis on youth and young adult ministry, and worked in parish ministry for 15 years. I always liked games, but of the three brothers, I probably played the least amount, especially as I got older. Uh, I was the first one of the three of us that got married. Um, and then, you know, working in ministry, like you're, it's a lot of nights and it's a lot of weekends. So I didn't really have a lot of time to play games. And for a while there, maybe like in my late, well, how old am I now? 35. So like late 20s, I wasn't gaming at all. But then in 2017, Fortnite came out. Let's now talk Fortnite, shall we? It's the newest video game craze spreading across. It's free, addictive, violent, and kids love it. Uh, but hooked might be an understatement. This is one of those viral games. Fortnite that literally- brought gaming into the mainstream in a big way. NFL stars started doing Fortnite dances in the end zone. Basketball stars after they won a game. Actors and musicians from Joe Jonas to Chance the Rapper were tweeting about it and streaming it. This game that just blew up probably bigger than any game ever has, where it was all of a sudden not kind of nerdy, if you will, to play games. So when that game came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to try this and see what it's like. Meanwhile, Jonathan's youngest brother, Tyler, was growing successful on what was then a lesser known platform called Twitch. Better known by his Twitch username Ninja, Tyler is the biggest Twitch streamer in the world with more than 18 million followers. And I see that it's successful for him. I can I know he's doing well. But I wasn't really familiar with Twitch. And the few times that I would check it out, I enjoyed watching him play, but didn't really under like didn't understand the uh, reason that people would watch it. Didn't understand kind of laughed at my brother when he said that it was a community that he had of people watching him. And then one day he just right after he played with Drake. So how long have you been playing Fortnite or been a fan? Probably like for like about a month. That's right. Drake, the Canadian rapper and singer. It was right after he kind of blew up and went on the scene, if you will, uh, he was like, hey, you should try streaming. And I was like, no, nah, I played. I tried it one time. I didn't love it. Um, and he's like, no, you should try it now, though. You play Fortnite. You're up a couple nights a week anyway while, while the wife and kids are sleeping. Uh, you can make an, a little extra money if you want. And you can just talk about you can talk about whatever you want. Talk about God. Talk about sports. And I was like, oh, OK, if you're giving I don't want to like ride your coattails. But if you're telling me I'd be good at it, like, let's try it out. The next night, Jonathan and his wife were hosting a dinner party at their house when a business-savvy friend told him the same thing, that he should stream on Twitch. He was so emphatic about it that he made Jonathan a logo and sent it to him the next morning. The next day after that, I went live for the very first time on the worst setup ever, like a bad monitor with an Xbox and not even great internet. And it went really well. A new hobby developed. By day, Jonathan was a husband, father of three, and youth minister. But by evening, he was streaming Fortnite on Twitch. And something unexpected started to happen when viewers learned about Jonathan's full-time job. I was still working in ministry. A bunch of people came into the chat and were asking questions. Found out I was Catholic and started asking really deep questions about the faith. And I was playing video games while answering them. His audience continued to grow. They were drawn by curiosity. Who is this new streaming brother of Ninja? But it was something else that kept them there. And it was very, like, unintentional is the wrong word. I, I just being, I'm, I'm just always going to be me. So I, that same night, I was talking about bourbon and the Detroit Lions. Would you stop playing video games if guaranteed a Lions Super Bowl victory? Yes. And, I a um, you know, Fortnite for and whatever else that uh, I love. 
And then like people found out I was Catholic and they started asking those questions. So I was just like, well, yeah, I, I can answer these questions. I, I work in the church. And so I would say that was really a cool thing. I feel like God has really been, had his hand this whole time in it. For four years, Jonathan had been streaming on Twitch part-time, about 20 hours a week, fitting it in the evenings between family time and ministry work, when he decided to go streaming full-time. With a friend's help, Jonathan turned his side gig into a company, Little Flower Media, named for what he calls one of his top five saints to be a light in the darkness that the world, uh, the internet often seems to be. His former hobby turned into a full-time ministry, complete with 30 to 40 hours a week streaming, three podcasts, two talk shows, and much more in the works to come, including development on a couple television shows he hopes to air on Netflix or Amazon. That's not all playing video games the whole time. Sometimes we'll stop playing video games for three straight hours and just talk about um, difficult church topics that people want to chat about. While we are playing games, the entire time I'm reading chat and talking to them because it really is a community. As I said before, like I didn't believe it could be possible to have a community. I used to make fun of my brother for saying that word. And now I've realized that you can really have a really cool, awesome online community. Jonathan's community includes 5,000 Twitch subscribers, 120,000 followers on TikTok, as well as followers on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. He gets 300 to 600 viewers per second on Twitch and 5,000 to 10,000 unique viewers a day. And while he's had the viral moments, an unlikely popular video of him ranking chicken nugget brands with more than 10 million views, and a stream of him playing with his brother Tyler, it's the slow growth of his core community that he's most proud of. I was just having a conversation the other day with my brother Tyler, um, and we were talking about it, and he was telling me how proud he is of, of the growth that he's seen on all social media platforms. And he said, I think that you're going to just continue to do what you've been doing, which is the slow burn and the slow growth because we're doing it by building community and not by looking for viral moments. That slow burn means meeting people, complete strangers where they're at, whether it's earnest questions or vitriol. I don't I don't think that I could be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't do 15, have 15 years in working in the church because you're it it develops the skills of meeting people where they're at first and foremost, right? Like if you've been a youth minister, you've got that loud, annoying kid in the front who is just interrupting every single talk you're giving uh, is impossible, hates his life, hates the church, um, but you, but your job is still to love them, right? And so there's a lot more of those people on Twitch than there are in, in churches. And so being able to work and minister with those kinds of young people throughout the church has allowed me to be loving and patient with people that are trolls online. The Lord has given me a gift to be able to talk about controversial issues in a loving way. Um, so any any controversial church teaching and, uh, and be able to explain how it comes from a place of love, even if someone who disagrees uh, will, could probably at the end agree that it, it uh, understand where the church is coming from. Those difficult conversations on controversial church teachings, he's had those in spades, like this past June. We, we streamed on the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, not on purpose. Like I forgot that was the day that it was the judgment was going to be. And I'm live and chat's just blowing up and half the people are like, praise God. And the other half are like, this is war. Um, And we had like a four hour conversation. And at the end of it, so many people were like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. I might disagree, but I get it. There was one really obvious exception to the sentiment. There was someone who was just being really, really nasty in the comments, just saying some hurtful things. 
And anytime someone does that, you just know it comes from a place of woundedness. And so I was trying to be very patient and loving. Um, and I just at one point just felt like I should apologize on behalf of the men in her life who were horrible to her. She started sharing some stories in the chat about um, some of the ways that she's been treated by men. Um, and it was it was it was just horrific. It broke my heart. It broke everyone in chat's heart. And I was like, this means nothing, I'm sure. But like, I'm sorry that that happens to you because men need to be held to a higher standard, um, and especially the men in your life. Like, I'm sorry. And she was just very, she received that very well and said it was the first time anyone's ever said that. And she still hates men. And that's fine. I get, I wasn't, that wasn't going to change her whole life. Um, but it, it was a good perspective for everyone in the chat to be like, anyone is, who is this aggressive is coming from a place of woundedness and deserves patience and love. Another moment sticks in Jonathan's mind. One thing you can do on Twitch is you, when you're done streaming, you can send every one of your audience members to another stream. It's called it's called a raid or a host. Um, and it's a really cool way to support other streamers and to share your love with people that you know. And uh, everyone gets hyped because you might go from 50 viewers to 300 or you might go from 500 to 1,000 or zero to... 50. It's always, everyone's always very honored if they get raided. And one night it was very late and uh, I, I was part-time, this was years ago. And I, I was just scrolling through the bottom of Twitch to look for someone to, to raid, to try to like make their day. Uh, so I found a guy with like one viewer and uh, I, I just raided him. Didn't check on him, didn't like see if he was family friendly or anything like that, just raided him. And he had notifications on where every time someone followed or typed in his chat, like a notification pops up on the screen and it was like, no joke, it sounded like the devil screaming. It was rough and, I, and, and just a bunch of vulgar language um, following like every notification. All of my, all my stream, all the, all my viewers are now following to be nice and like it just keeps happening. I, I'm typing in the chat, I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry I didn't vet him, like just leave. I don't like, just leave, it's really vulgar, it, it's, hor it's horrific, it sounds kind of demonic, just please leave. And, uh, and the guy, like turns off the notifications and he goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. He was all hype at first. He's like, Peter Blowens, I'm sorry. Why are you telling everyone to leave? And I was like, I'm family friendly. You don't have to be, do you. But like, I, I didn't know I was rating, you know, this. And he goes, I'll turn them off. I'm sorry. That was not my intention. He's like, you're right. That's uh, that's pretty vulgar. And I was like, oh. And then we stayed and had a conversation and some of my community members did too. The very next day he comes into my, my stream and apologizes, which he didn't have to do. And he goes, I lost my daughter uh, my wife and I lost our daughter recently, and um, I don't have a job right now, and I'm just miserable, and I don't know what to do. And so I, he's like, "I used to be Christian. And I'm not having I'm not having a fun time with my faith right now, and I'm just in like the lowest spot." But your raid like really boosted me up, and like the way you handled that made me realize that I need to I need to like grow up and and deal with my stuff. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is wild." Long story short, he's now a subscriber still for four plus years um, in my channel, and I pray for him all the time. So that was a cool moment. It takes a unique person to be able to engage with the venom spewed on social platforms. It's much easier to meet vitriol with more vitriol or to resort to ad hominem attacks. But behind every comment is a commenter, a breathing, living being, a child of God. And they might just need someone like Jonathan to remind them of that. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm, I am someone who's not very easily offended um, at all. And I don't know why that is. And uh, I, I just feel like when I, I try to think like when Jesus was going out, he wasn't he was talking to the people that no one else would. And all those people in Jonathan's streams, the avid Christians and the unbelieving, the antagonistic and converting, 
the wounded, mourning, isolated, lost, will all hear the same message of love. It's how he ends every stream. I love you, God loves you more, let's change the world. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services. Pre-planning is a gift of love for your family. To start this important end-of-life conversation, visit cfcsdetroit.org.